is up, everybody? Welcome back. Holy cow, it's been a hot minute. Dale here, back with the R&D Podcast. Thank you all so much for coming back and in tuning in here on episode number seven, here recorded August 7th, 2022, this edition of the R&D Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning back in and listening. I really do apologize that we have not been bringing you this a whole lot recently, uh, both uh, Ethan and I. Uh, Ethan's not here this evening. Uh, shout out to you, Ethan. Hello, brother. Hope you're doing good. Um, Ethan and I both uh, major life changes since the last time we recorded. Uh, I am now engaged with my son, Elliot, who is uh, going to be 11 months old in a couple of days now. Um, so we've got that going on. Ethan is now married, and he also has a, you know, I guess a step a step kid um, that he's married with, with Brandy. Um, a lot of stuff going on between our personal lives, and it's just been tough trying to get everything scheduled in uh, to you know, try to make a podcast. We still love it. We still want to do it. So don't worry. We're not going anywhere. It's just hard time to find, hard to find time. So thank you all so much for the love and support. Thank you for keep listening to us and not forgetting us. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, or at least a lot of, a lot that I got to cover today. Um, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling pretty, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty uh, amped up after this Michigan race today, the Firekeepers Casino 400 from Michigan. I'm feeling a little bit amped up today, so that's why I'm doing this. I've gotten the okay from Ethan to kind of do this thing solo for this this episode. So um, we're going to get kind of right into it here. So the Firekeepers Casino 400 today, there's a lot to talk about. There is. There's a lot to talk about. The first things first, low-hanging fruit, Kevin Harvick, a man that uh, nobody has – I don't think anybody – saw him winning to race today but he did kevin harvick is your unofficial winner and it is still 9 18 p.m as of this recording so um it's still unofficial i have not seen anything confirmed yet kevin harvick 65 race winless streak finally finally gets into victory lane takes the win bubba wallace in second danny hamlin third joey logano and ryan blaine in the top five martin truex kyle larson eric jones alex bowman and ty gibbs is your top 10 after a pretty interesting michigan race if i do say so myself the race was pretty damn interesting um so we'll kind of get into that and the first things first obviously we're going to go with the low-hanging fruit kevin harvick my god uh, <clears throat> If somebody had told me after Bristol in 2020 that that was going to be his last win until Michigan of 2022, I would have I would have looked at you with a half sideways look and be like, yeah, I want whatever you're smoking because hey, you're smoking some strong stuff. But, you know, here we are. Uh, Kevin Harvick, 65 or 66 race winless streak, 65 It's 65 race winless streak. I'm looking at the uh, NASCAR page right now. Holy cow. Uh, almost two years. It was kind of nice to see Kevin Harvick break into victory lane. It was. And if I, I hate to bring bias into it, but man, I was rooting for Harvick. I was. Uh, this point system is just chaotic, and I'm just rooting for chaos at this point. I really am, especially with now 15 winners heading now into the playoffs. Uh, there's still three races left in the regular season. Uh, at this point, I'm just rooting for chaos because... Yeah, you might as well. Uh, it was Kevin Harvick's 59th career victory. It was like, it's like his fifth win at Michigan or something like that. It, it, four out of the last five or something like that. I mean, he's, the numbers have shown that Harvick is very good at Michigan. Indeed, he is very good at Michigan. But 
I will venture out to say that I don't think many people had him picked. Uh, the Toyotas were very strong. They qualified uh, one, two, three. Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell, and I think Hamlin. I don't remember. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Christopher Bell. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to get all my notes put together here. Sorry, I'm kind of doing this on the fly tonight. But um, yeah, so unbelievable that Harvick was able to get this win. And I hate to say it that way. But, man, Stuart Haas has been lacking something this year. I mean, yeah, Trace Briscoe got the win at Phoenix, but they've been lacking something. And it's just been it's been an uphill struggle for, for Stuart Haas. And let me tell you something. For Harvick to come away with the win today, that's got to do so much for Stuart Haas, that whole team. And that's got to do a lot for Harvick. I mean, nobody foresaw how Harvick ran in 2020. Nobody foresaw that he'd go on a, a winless streak like he has. So he's done an awesome job. He deserves the win today. And congratulations to Harvick and to all the Kevin Harvick fans out there that have been waiting very patiently or impatiently uh, for this win. Kevin Harvick taking home the big win today. And now he is the 15th driver to win this season, which is making the playoff system so it's making the playoff picture so crazy and that's something i'm also going to cover here in this video because i got a little rant and raving on that one so uh but yes so kevin harvick took the win bubba wallace super stupid strong all weekend won the pole finished in second fast race car all the bubba wallace fans take of you know he was very upset in that interview but he was um you know all the bubba wallace fans hey Take a bow, man. He really showed up this week, and and Bubba Wallace, he's been showing up recently in the past past month or so. So Bubba Wallace taking second, Denny Hamlin third. Denny Hamlin, unbelievable. Uh, one of probably the fastest car in the field. Uh, led a lot of laps. Pit road penalty. They're thirty first, thirty first pit road penalty of twenty twenty two. How in the hell are you guys allowing this to happen? Especially of a top tier team, no less. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's just this is I don't know. Something's got to change over there. Joey Logano finishes fourth. Ryan Blaney with another strong run finishes fifth. Martin Truex also keeping up the consistency. Six. Kyle Larson seventh. Eric Jones with a nice top ten. Good for him in that number forty three. Alex Bowman with a ninth place. Hopefully uh, this run will turn around for him, you know, kind of stop the bleeding on on that team's end because good God has Alex Bowman been way off the past month and a half, two months. I mean, it's been a long time since we've heard Alex Bowman's name come up genuinely uh, through communication, you know, on the TV and through radio broadcasts and stuff like that because he's not been running up front. Uh, Ty Gibbs, impressive for the rookie. Third start, got his first top 10. He will be, comes home 10th anyway, as, you know, as, again, unofficial results concerned. So, Kevin Harvick takes the win, and like I said, I don't think anybody saw that coming, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm very, I'm very, very happy for Harvick. I was happy to see Harvick win, and that's just my opinion. Uh, very cool to see. I like that he was really seemed to take it in, and you know, and his little and his little girl got to take a ride in the car. I mean, Keelan got to do it, so the little little girl got to take a ride. So that was that was very cool. That was very cool indeed. So. Um, 
again. Chase Elliott finishes 11th. William Byron, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon. Damn, Ty Dillon finished 14th. Props to him. Brad Keselowski, 15th. Chris Buescher, Justin Haley, Austin Hill, Corey LaJoy, and Chase Briscoe. That's 20th. Josh Balicki, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, Christopher Bell, Todd Gill, and Michael McDowell. Uh, excuse me, Tyler Reddick and Noah Gragson, that's your top 30. Cole Custer, Harrison Burton, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Eric Almarola, J.J. Yaley, Kyle Bush, and Austin Sindrick. That is your finishing results unofficially from Michigan here uh, after this race here today. Um, so there's quite a bit to cover. We've kind of gone over Harvick a little bit. Now I want to get into a topic uh, concerning Bubba Wallace. Um a lot of people are giving this man flack, and I'm going to be real honest with you guys. <sighs> Look, I am not a Bubba Wallace fan. I'm not. And I'm not saying that I don't like him. I'm not saying that I hate the guy. Bubba Wallace is just another guy out there. He is. And in my opinion, so many people are going to spin that around and be like, oh, well, you don't like Bubba Wallace. You must hate him. No. In today's world, that's immediately what it, that's another sentence. Like I saw this thing on Twitter the other day. It's like it's like you, only social media can you get something completely screwed up by saying something. Man, I like waffles. What you hate pancakes? No, that's another sentence. I didn't I didn't talk anything about that sentence. No, I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan. I don't hate Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is just another guy out there, in my opinion. Um, he, he's just another guy, you know, but. Uh, the stuff that I see on social media is irking me. It irks me. Bubba Wallace, yes, has his rather large group of detractors. And it, you know what irritates me is that they seem to always find a way to discredit him no matter what. Listen. Listen up. This is why I call it the R&D podcast because it's the real NASCAR discussion. You want to have a real discussion, you listen to us. Like I said, I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan, but this guy, this boy, has been showing up the past month. Maybe a little over a month, month and change. This boy, top 10 finishes, I think, in each of the last four races. Stop discrediting this man. Bubba Wallace has been performing. He's been getting better. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, uh, he's improving from his 30th place average finish and 25th average place finish and blah, blah, blah. No. Bubba Wallace has been actually genuinely doing good. And it's nice to see. It is. It's very nice to see. Now, Bubba Wallace, I get it. The people that people don't like him because all oh, the whole news thing and the whole whatever. Some people be like, oh, I don't like him because... Whatever reason that they don't like him. But Bubba Wallace has been doing good. And what irritates me is that people on social media are finding any way to discredit this man. Just like they did with Chase Elliott. Oh, he's a Mickey Mouse champion. Whatever. So, I'm going to point this out. On Facebook this morning when, you know, they posted, you know, like, oh yeah, Bubba Wallace is starting from the poll. And people are like... His haters were like, oh, yeah, he'll be the first to wreck. He'll wreck and wreck the whole field, blah, blah, blah. So then Bubba Wallace goes out and has a fast car and finishes second. And then all of a sudden the topic changes from, oh, well, he's going to wreck. He's going to be the first one to wreck to all of a sudden it goes, oh, now he's he's got the best equipment and he still couldn't get the job done. Okay. 
So what happened to that initial argument? The number one sign of insecurity, ladies and gentlemen, is consistently moving the target so that it can so that you can have yourself or present what you think to be is a better argument for whatever your argument is at that time. You said that Bubba Wallace, you y'all said that Bubba Wallace was going to be the first to crash. Uh, here he is, one of the fastest cars, all race, consistently in the top ten, finished his second. Yes, in his post race interview, he was crying and said, you know, he should have done better and he should have, and he feels like a failure. Bubba, if you're listening to me right now, you did not fail. I don't understand why you think you failed. You did not fail. Okay, maybe you failed to capitalize and, and win the race. But you finished second. There's nothing wrong with that. And the way you've been running the past little bit has been phenomenal. You've been running really good. I was at New Hampshire. I sat in the stands in New Hampshire and watched this man genuinely run to the top 5 to 10 all day and finish third. Like, his hate, his haters likes to like to have their head in the sand and just discredit everything. They keep pounding their head into the sand. But, like I said, as I'm not a fan of Bubba Wallace, but at least my eyes are open to the big picture. And I could admit, Bubba's running really good. And... That boy deserves a little bit of respect. A little bit. Just a little bit. You know? He, 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 he deserves a little bit more respect. He's been running really good. So, it just irritates me when people... Or just ign- ignorance. Ignorance irritates me. Open your fucking eyes. Like like I said, I'm not, I'm not a fan. But give the credit where credit's due. That team has gotten better. Bubba's gotten better. His his race craft, I guess, is getting better. He's he's starting to run up front more. He's learning how to be up front more. He's learning how to, you know, when you start running up front, you learn how to consistently start running up front, how to maintain position, how to gain position, how and what to do. So his race craft is getting better. So shout out to you, Bubba. If you're hearing me, shout out to you and that team because... They've, they, you guys have stepped up the, the last month, month and change. So it just irritates me when people are just ignorant. You know, ignorance is just awful. So congrats to Bubba on a second place finish. Um, but I wish that he would hang, uh, he would have his chin up a little bit more, man. And he, he needs to have his chin up a little bit more. I know he's hard on himself. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's something that this sport needs. Needs uh, a lot more people that show emotion. But when we get people that show emotion, they make fun of them. I mean, but I guess they they said the same thing about Gordon when he won his first race. Uh, you know, like, well, we need people showing emotion. Then somebody starts crying in their interview. Oh, he's a crybaby. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. It's good for the sport. It's good for the sport. Bubba, congrats on that second place finish. That was, that was really good. Let's see. Another topic that we can cover. Denny Hamlin. Dennis Hamlin. My man. Not necessarily my man, but I'm trying to think of something here. 31. Actually, I'm not even going to roll that. We'll cut that. Cut the B tape on that. Now we'll move on to Denny Hamlin. Probably the fastest car of this entire race here, the Spirekeepers Casino 400. Let a bunch of laps. Pit crew, again, let this man down. 31 pit road violations on this 11 team this season. I can't even comprehend 
that because this is Joe Gibbs Racing. Joe Gibbs Racing traditionally has had a lot of a lot of success in on pit road. Especially the past, I don't know, five, seven years, maybe a decade. Joe Gibbs Racing has had some of the best pit stops, the best guys. How in the hell are we getting 31 pit road errors in a season with this 11 team? Who was letting this slide? Like, what is going on here? If I was Denny Hamlin, I would be absolutely livid, especially after today. The man was literally probably the fastest car on the track, led a bunch of laps, and then pit road happens, and they got a man over the wall, which, you know, questionable call or not, whether you agree with it or not, he was over the wall. Uh, and if, I was, if I'm was, if i honest, kind of Steve Letarte pointed it out, too, that maybe if he had let the tire bounce another couple of feet, he wouldn't have had to cross the line. But it is what it is. It's a ball and strike call, and... I agree with NASCAR. Thank you, NASCAR, for holding up the rules, the official rules, the black and white rules in the textbook. But, dude, if I was Hamlin, I'd be so mad right now. Uh, And you could tell the way he was driving at the end of that race, man. Let me tell you, he was fired up. That boy was fired up. Craziness. Absolute craziness. And I know that Denny, I know that there's other people too that are going to say, oh, well, Denny Hammond likes the speed. He damn sure does like the speed. And I'm sure a lot of that is probably his own fault too. But how in the hell? 31 pit road violations. It is, we're 23 races in. That's more than one per race. <laughs> if you're a good team, you should have less than one per race. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just venting, but. I don't know. That's just, that's my opinion. But damn, Denny Hamlin very well could have had this race won and probably could have, would have, and should have. But that's also the reason why the race is 400 miles and it's not 350 miles or whatever. It's 400 miles. You got to get there first, no matter what. So I just, somebody at Joe Gibbs has got to take a look at that and they got to minimize those pit road mistakes, man. I tell you, they got to minimize pit road mistakes. Just, that is what it is. Um, we'll kind of keep going through here. We're going to just kind of run down Joey Logano fourth, Ryan Blaney fifth, uh, good run, uh, for Joey Logano, uh, good run for Ryan Blaney, keeping the consistency in Martin Truex, also very consistent, uh, Kyle Larson with another solid run that five team. I don't know what's going on with that five team. They are not the same team as last year. I don't know what's going on, but. I mean, it's not like they're running terrible, but, I mean, coming off of last season, they're running way worse than they were last season. But, you know, I mean, it's not like they're running terrible, but it's just like, all right, okay. Um, Eric Jones in the 43 of the top 10, that's awesome to see. Eric Jones, I don't know if anybody else has been noticing, but Eric Jones has been running more consistently in the top 10. Uh, Petty GMS has got something good coming. It looks like they're figuring some stuff out. They got Eric Jones there. Uh, Ty Dillon finished 14th, so that's a good finish for him, too. I know he's leaving at the end of the season, but that Petty GMS, for the most part, beat Hendrick today, for the most part. Anyway, um, speaking of Hendrick, Alex Bowman's ninth. Ty Gibbs, the rookie. Third race in, top 10 finish. Not too shabby for Ty Gibbs. Not too shabby. Um, 
putting certainly seems like he's putting pressure on Kyle Busch, which that's another topic that we're going to get into just a, a little bit later in a few minutes from now. Uh, my man Chase Elliott, 11th, didn't show up today. Uh, neither did William Byron. They just kind of were there. Um, I don't know what happened there, but it just um, you know you have days like that where you just kind of you're just kind of there, you know. Um, Austin Dillon, 13th. Ty Dillon, 14th. Brad Keselowski, 15th. Man, I. When I earlier this week, when I saw the points, um, uh, iceberg Jared Jared um, the iceberg on YouTube, Jared Lundberg, he posts up the Winston Cup points format every week on his YouTube channel. He posts it up on his social media, and when I saw that Brett Kozlowski was 29th in points, I was shocked, but not shocked at all all at the same time. Brad Keselowski's 29th in points, and I'm like, what the hell? I did not expect that, man. I I knew he wouldn't have a good season, but man, he's really not having a good season. Uh, I know that he wants to win Michigan so bad, and it would be so cool to see him win at Michigan, but damn. I mean, 15th, I guess, is kind of good and bad all at once, I guess, right? So, yeah, I, I don't know. All you, All the... All the Keselowski fans, man, I know you guys are hurting this year. I hear you guys. I hear you. I see you out there. So, yeah, it was unfortunate for that team. It's it's unfortunate that he's running that bad. Uh, Ross Chastain, 24th, some notables. Uh, Daniel Suarez, 25th, uh, looking like, man, I tell you something. That's another issue. Uh, not necessarily another issue, but something I got to talk about. Ross Chastain involved in another crash this week. But at this time, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> Never thought I would say that. But, yeah, he got together with uh, Christopher Bell. Uh, they had pit. Um, Chastain and Suarez had both pit under green. They came out literally almost exactly a lap behind from where they were. Like, Denny Hamlin had passed them and Christopher Bell. They were running with them on the track. Came down pit road. Pit came out and pretty much were right in the same spot just a lap down. And, you know, Ross Chastain just, you know, he went to go high off a of turn four and Christopher Bell kind of didn't either didn't realize or tried to defend. And I mean, Christopher Bell turned himself. A lot of people might say, oh, well, Ross Chastain, you know, but yeah, I didn't I don't see anything Ross Chastain did here this time that was anything malicious. I mean, he was just trying to get up to the outside and. I mean, he had fresh tires. I don't know. Fresh tires weren't really a big difference, but I'm sure fresh tires probably played into it a little bit. He probably had a little more grip than than Christopher Bell did. Got a better run off the corner and tried to go high, and Christopher Bell just kept coming up, and Christopher Bell eventually turned himself. I, you know, Ross Chastain has been kind of the topic all season. Him and that feud with Hamlin, and you know, I firmly believe that Ross Chastain got exactly what he had coming to him at Pocono. Um, that was the definition of hard racing in my book. Denny Hamlin literally said, I'm going to give you enough room to wreck yourself. That is exactly how it went. So um, I know that feud is not over yet, but yes, Ross Chastain has been making waves. It's not just this season. If anybody's been following Ross Chastain, know that he is extremely aggressive. And he's made wild blocks even when he was in the 42 car running in cup, you know, and I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but like even when he was like 15th, 20th in that 42 car, and he would put on some wild ass blocks. Like this is nothing new for Ross Chastain. It it's not. Anybody that watches close enough knows that Chastain's very aggressive. I mean, he's got good equipment. He's been running very well. He's got a couple wins. He's been proving that he is a top talent. Um, but 
this week he's gotten himself into some messes, but this week I'm gonna I will I will let this one slide on Ross Chastain. He this is not something of his doing. Um, Christopher Bell turned himself. That's my opinion. He turned himself and he got wrecked and that's that. Ross Chastain didn't do anything wrong there in that particular sense. Um, and I'm going through the list here. Cole Custer. I, I hate to I hate to point this out and kick a man while he's down, but Cole Custer, dude, I'm surprised this dude's even. A lot of times, I have to look at the results and be like, "Man, this guy was in the race today. Like, this dude was really in the race today. I he had a, a couple flat tires." Uh, left front tire went flat the second time, car caught fire. Thankfully, he's safe and everybody else was safe. But, dude, I am at a total loss for Cole Custer, man. I I mean, Stuart Haas has been a little bit down this year. Uh, Chase Briscoe's had his flashes. Eric Almarola has, I don't know, he's kind of there. Some weeks, Almarola's there, but he's not there. Uh, but consistently, Cole Custer has been so far off the map that the fucking radar can't even find him. Like... I'm I'm just at a loss for him. I'm at a loss. He's a great truck driver, good Xfinity driver, but I don't know what is going on with that 41, with Cole Custer, that 41 team. I have no idea. Stuart Haas, they've got to look into something, man, because, you know, Harvick got the win today, which was nice. Nobody foresaw it coming. I certainly didn't. Um, you know, Chase Briscoe got his win at Phoenix. That was cool. He was just about had that. Just about had the the dirt race one. I mean, until he screwed up and dumped Tyler Reddick. But I mean, you know, that is what it is. But Cole Custer has not had has had like zero flashes of brilliance this year at all. Like Almarola is kind of in the same boat. But I mean, I was also in New Hampshire, and I know that Almarola typically does really good at New Hampshire. And Almarola was in the top ten for the most part, I believe, if I remember correctly, in New Hampshire. So Almarola is having some flashes of decency. Cole Custer, in my opinion, has had zero, fucking zero, instances of any good. So I'm just at a total loss for him, man. I let me. I just. I don't know. Um, don't know about him. We'll have to see what happens with that. And uh, another topic of com- I talked previously about, we'll kind of address now. Kyle Busch, man, look, I am not a fan of Kyle Busch whatsoever. But the bad luck that this man has had this year is absolutely astronomical. Love Kyle Busch or hate Kyle Busch, this man is he he is not trying to show it in his interviews. But that man right now is hurting he is hurting trying to find a ride the sponsor the contract negotiations with joe gibbs right now and he i'm at a loss for him too like i'm at a total loss too and believe me five years ago i was as anti kyle bush as you could possibly get could not stand the guy but kyle bush right now I think as I've gotten older, maybe he's gotten older. Maybe I understand more of what he's coming from and things like that. Like I, re- I'm not a fan, but I certainly can respect his talent. I can certainly respect his his passion for the sport. But, dude, the contract negotiation stuff right now, and you know, with Eminem's leaving, 
and everything else. Man, I'll be honest. I would not. I mean, it'll be surprising, but it won't be surprising at the same time if we don't see Kyle Busch back in NASCAR next year. Um, the reason why I say that is because during the off season, there was something that I saw on TV. He did some kind of, um, it was with, uh, like, uh, Travis Pastrana and stuff like that. Uh, Travis Pastrana, he, a little dirt, like kind of like the, the motocross, like dirt racing or whatever, whatever the heck it's called. I saw him, he, he participated in one of those races. It was televised and he was very happy. He did really good. He did really good. And he looked like he was happy. So while it would kind of stink to see him not in the Cup Series or whatever the case is, I'm going to lay it down here first. Don't be surprised if you see him show up in another racing series. Because I remember seeing this motocross race or this, you know, rally cross race, I think it's what it's called. He was thrilled, man. He was enjoying himself. He was smiling. He wasn't he wasn't the same Kyle Bush that we see in NASCAR. You know, like even Kyle Bush when he wins, it's still not good enough kind of Kyle Bush. This man was smiling, he was enjoying it, he was having fun. So I it wouldn't be surprising if I didn't see him in NASCAR, but I mean you I won't lie, we kind of need him. NASCAR, we kind of need Kyle Busch. We need Kyle Busch because he is the anti-hero. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just, we kind of we kind of need him. And, and I kind of hope he doesn't go away. Um, lots of talk right now around the garage, him maybe taking a ride for Stuart Haas. I mean, Harvick posted his, or he was, Harvick was asked by somebody that, oh, well, what do you think of Kyle Busch comes comes to Stuart Haas and he was all for it um I would be interested to see that but aside from that what other competitive ride is available he's not going back to Hendrick that bridge is long since burned and crumbled to the ground and then been pissed on like yeah that he's not going back to Hendrick even if there was a seat available which I don't believe there is I think all the drivers at Hendrick have got contracts. Um, He wouldn't go back there. Um, I've also kind of thought about this, and this is kind of more of a pipe dream than anything else. Um, You know, Junior Motorsports is thinking of moving a cup. Uh, What irony would it be if Dale Earnhardt Jr. decided to move the cup and threw Kyle Busch in that cup ride? What kind of... What kind of ass-backwards irony would that be if Dale Earnhardt Jr. decided to move Junior Motorsports to Cup and put Kyle Busch in that ride? I'm not saying it isn't possible. Chances are it's probably not. But I'm not saying it's impossible. And you heard it here first. Imagine, imagine that. We can imagine, can't we? We can all dream. We can all think outside the box. I don't think it's very likely, but... Just imagine, just imagine that. Imagine if Junior Motorsports moves the cup and puts Kyle Busch in that ride. But other than that, I don't see where Kyle Busch would end up as being in a quote-unquote competitive ride. I mean, he could do what his brother did. You know, went from went from um, Roush to Penske 
and then kind of got quote unquote kicked out and demoted down to Phoenix Racing, and then went back to Furniture Row, and then got back to Stuart Haas and got back. So he kind of went. He was up, then got knocked down, and then came back up. Who's to say Kyle Busch wouldn't do the same thing? But also, who's to say Kyle Busch would stick around? But here's the thing. Listen, Kyle Busch has every right to demand the money that he wants to demand. Man's proven it. He's a champion. One of the greatest talents right now in NASCAR. And I think for what he, whatever he's offering, it is what he should get. But right now, the contract negotiation between sponsorship is not there. Joe Gibbs, with no sponsorship, can't pay him. And that's the crappy part. And that's the that's the one part I hate about NASCAR today versus the way it used to be 20 years ago. The money's just not there. The money just isn't there like it used to be. The days of Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, those big-ass fat contracts are gone, long gone. When Dale Earnhardt Jr. came to Cup for 2000, it was a, Bud, Budweiser obviously jumped on board, it was a $10 million per year. At that time, was the biggest contract in NASCAR. $10 million a year. That's not $10 million over three years, $10 million per year. Those big numbers are long gone. And while I kind of understand, while, oh, I kind of, I mean, I understand where Joe Gibbs is coming from. He might put Ty Gibbs in that car. Because Kyle Busch, let's say, theoretically is asking for, let's say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know numbers. I don't know anything about actual numbers, but let's just say uh, Kyle Busch is asking for um, $5 million. He wants $5 million. Ty Gibbs might only ask for a million dollars. This is the same issue that's happened with many drivers. Ever, if I'm going to go back, take, take a walk with me back here for a second. Take a walk. 2015, NASCAR's mass exodus of elite drivers. NASCAR lost in three consecutive years their biggest draws. Jeff Gordon in 2015, Tony Stewart 2016, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2017. NASCAR's three biggest, most popular drivers whoosh, gone. Gone in consecutive years. And then, what I call your big, your, your, I hate to call them this, but it is what it is. Your B guys. Like, you got your super, you got your superstars. Okay, let's, let's do this. Jeff Gordon, Dale Hart Jr., Tony Stewart, superstars of NASCAR. They are the superstars. They are the heavyweights of the heavyweights in NASCAR. And then you've got your A guys. A to, A to B guys. Carl Edwards. Also gone after 2016. Then you get other people like Greg Biffle, Jamie McMurray, Casey Kane. You get Casey Mears. A lot of guys that actually have some kind of following, they're all gone too. NASCAR has lost so many superstars due to injury, 
like Dale Jr. with his concussion issues, Carl Edwards because he didn't want to get hurt, or just by through retirement, Jeff Gordon retired because he wanted to retire. Tony Stewart said he wasn't having fun anymore. Uh, so you got all these people, but I I do this because my long winded is gonna it's gonna come back around. Matt Kenseth got outed of his car. He got out of that 20 car because Eric Jones was coming in. During a time when the sport was downsizing, the money wasn't there. Teams are scrambling for money. So what happens? Matt Kenseth, a proven champion, seasoned veteran, asking for more money. Definitely asking for more money than Eric Jones did. I'm sure. So what's going to happen? Matt Kenseth, a proven talent, out at Joe Gibbs after 2017. And they took in Eric Jones, probably because Matt Kenseth was asking for more money than he want than they could give. And it could be the same thing for Kyle Bush here. It could very well be the same thing for Kyle Bush. Just and it's a shame because that's not how the sport used to be. You used to be able to build a team around a driver. And the sponsorships would come. Dylan Hart Jr. went over to Hendrick and literally had sponsors fighting to be on that car. That's not the case anymore. And it's a shame. I wish it was still the old way where you could build a competitive team around a driver. And you could get the money and the sponsorships would come. It's not that way anymore. And I hate it. I hate seeing it this way because Kyle Busch is a hell of a talent. Whether you like him or you don't like him, Kyle Busch is a massive talent. You cannot disagree with that statement. And Kyle Busch is good for NASCAR. I'd hate to see him go. And I sure would hate to see him get bumped out of his seat because of a money issue. But that's probably the reason it is. I mean, even think back, what? Let's let's say, let's go back to 2015 Hendrick. I'll use 2015 Hendrick. Jeff Gordon, Dale Hart Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Casey Kane under one roof. Can you imagine the sponsorship, the dollars, the sponsorship dollars that it was required for Hendrick to pay those four drivers? Jeff Gordon, legend. Jimmy Johnson, at the time in 2015, was a six-time champion. Dale Earnhardt Jr., the biggest face in NASCAR. Most popular driver. Casey Kane, talented as hell. Now you look at Hendrick nowadays. Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Kyle Larson. That payday... That that's that that money that Hendrick has to pay those drivers, I am sure comes nowhere fucking close to what Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Casey Kane, and Jimmy Johnson had to make. So my point in all this long ranting and raving is saying that uh, it's a shame that Kyle Busch, and I like, to, and I also say this, it's August, we have ninety days left in the season. Essentially, 
if there was something to be done, I hate to say it, if there was something to be done, it would have been done already. It would have been done. Don't be surprised to see if Ty, if see Ty Gibbs in that 18 car, which is going to stink. I mean, good for Ty Gibbs. I'm not against it. But Kyle Busch, a proven talent, is going to lose his ride because of sponsorship dollars. That's not how this should be. If you're truly talented, you should be able to stay in cup or you should stay in racing if you're a talent like that. So a lot of other people have said that maybe, you know, 2311, they've got a seat to fill again. If there was something that was going to happen, it would have happened already. It would have happened already. So it's unfortunate. Kyle Busch is hurting right now. And like I said, it'll be surprising, but don't be entire. Don't say that you didn't see it coming. You heard it here first. Don't be surprised that Kyle Busch ain't in Cup Series next year. Don't be surprised with that. Don't be surprised. Another guy that I got to point out to, Tyler Reddick. Uh, he's been very good as of late. Got the win at Road America. Uh, shift, shifting gears here, Tyler Reddick. Uh, Tyler Reddick, man, he's been pretty good recently. He won. Um, he's actually turned out to be the hell of a road course guy. Uh, won at Road America. Beat Chase Elliott, probably the top road course guy in NASCAR right now. He beat Chase Elliott at Road America. Won at Indianapolis road course. And I gotta give I gotta give my guy Tyler Reddick a shout out, man. I know he's leaving RCR at the end of 2023, but any thoughts of a lame duck kind of exit? Pfft, that's not happening. It's obvious Tyler Reddick is still very, very he is very concerned with um, trying to run well and whatnot. He didn't do super super great today, um, but uh, you know. A lot. The Chevrolet really didn't seem to show up very much anyway. Anyways, I mean, Tyler Reddick was running okay and had an engine issue, unfortunately, but he still wasn't like super spun. He wasn't super great today. So, um, but shout out to him. Shout out to Tyler Reddick on on the way he's been running recently. He's not letting the, the distractions get to him, which is a good thing. So, um, so shout out to him. Alex Bowman and a guy who needed a good run. He's hopefully going to stop the bleeding. Alex Bowman, my God. Speaking of Hendrick and whatnot, Alex Bowman, good. Miss me. A ninth place run has got to feel like a win for that team. I tell you, tell you something, man. That they've been. I, I wouldn't even say bleeding. They they're not bleeding. Those guys are borderline fucking hemorrhaging at this point. To get a ninth place finish has got to at least stop the bleeding at least a little bit, in my opinion. So it's good to see him get a good run. Uh, Eric Jones finishing eighth. Uh, very cool to see, again, Petty GMS up front there. And he's been running consistently at top 10. So very good, very nice to see Eric Jones kind of, you know, getting getting some top 10s and running pretty well. Uh, Ty Dillon finished 14th in that other Petty GMS car. So um, Austin Dillon was just kind of there. Today, Chris Busher, 16th. Justin Haley, Austin Hill, Corey LaJoy, and Chase Briscoe. That was through 20th. Josh Balicki, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, Christopher Bell. Um, actually, Daniel Suarez was the last car running in 25th. And then Christopher Bell with the accident. Excuse me. Sorry. Daniel Suarez is not the last car running. I'm such an idiot. Sorry about that. 
Daniel Suarez, the 25th. Christopher Bell with the accident. Todd Gillen, Michael McDowell. Um, he was actually the last one running in 28th. Reddick blew an engine, was 29th. Noah Gragson crashed. He was 30th. Uh, Gragson was up front for a little bit today in that 16. That was kind of cool to see uh, until the accident anyway. Cole Custer, Harrison Burton, Ricky Stenhouse, Eric Amarola, J.J. Yaley, Kyle Busch, and Austin Sindrick all out with that pretty much that big accident there in stage one. And I got it. Speaking of that accident, number one, thank God Austin Sindrick's okay. That was awful. That was an awful looking hit. And I might piss some people off here, but those fucking Rick Rare cars always causing something. Every single race, those cars are causing something. J.J. Yaley caused this big accident today. I don't even know what to say, man. Uh, what, What the hell were they thinking? The car doesn't have pace in it. They decide to stay out and restart in the middle of the field anyway, and then the car doesn't accelerate. They he gets he gets tight or whatever, checks up the whole field and causes the whole crash. Like, are you fucking serious? It's always something with the Rick Rare cars. Always, if you guys notice, it's always a long run. You know, race might play out, whatever the case is, and it's always a damn RWR car. It's cutting a tire, hitting the wall, bringing out a caution, breaking up the flow of the race. I've never seen a team be more synonymous with rolling roadblocks than the RWR cars. And some of you may agree, some of you may disagree, but they got to get that shit together, man. They they got to tighten it up over there. What is going? I mean, what that wreck could have been avoided if you knew you didn't have the pace in the car to accelerate and go as fast as the other guys. Even if you're on a different strategy, what are you doing? Start at the back of the field. Don't do what you did and start in the middle of the field. Oh, car got tight, whatever, didn't accelerate. Uh, I fucking forgot where the gas pedal was. Oh, I didn't have the car in gear, even though it's a sequential transmission and cause a wreck. Totally avoidable, in my opinion. And Austin Sendrick, head on into the wall. That safer barrier, thank God, again, thank God for all the safety equipments that we've made since 2001, because that was vicious, and man, I'm glad Austin Cedric's okay, but that crash was totally avoidable. I'm throwing salt on RWR, man, that was, that was terrible. Those guys are in the way every fucking week. I'm sorry, I, I hate to, I hate to use language, but yeah, every damn week. Awful. Could have been totally preventable. So, anyway, so those are the kind of my topics here. Now, kind of the last topic that I want to bring up is one of the last topics I want to bring up is the uh, the points. So, obviously, with Kevin Harvick winning today, uh, there's now 15 playoff drivers um, technically locked in, quote unquote, locked in. Uh, we got three races left until the playoffs, and man, it's shooken everything up. But my problem, my issue right now is that you have Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex. Ryan Blaney's 16th in the playoff picture. Truex is 17th. They're separated by, last time I saw, it was like 17, 18 points. That's what I saw. So it's very close. And it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. But there is something wrong with this point system. When Ryan Blaney, granted, doesn't have a win, Ryan Blaney does not have a win. 
Neither does Truex. But there's something wrong with this point system where Ryan Blaney consistently running top five, top 10 every week. Maybe he has a bad race here or there, but he's consistently been in the top 10 more than more often than not. Top five more often than not. There's a problem. When Ryan Blaney is fighting for his life in the playoff picture and Truex, they're both fighting for their life in the playoff picture. When somebody like Denny Hamlin, who is 20th in overall points, is locked into championship contention because he's won a couple races in between his gutter performances. Denny Hamlin's locked in on his wins in between his trash performances this year. Ryan Blaney, who's been consistent all year, eh, doesn't have the win. Truex eh, doesn't have the win. They're fighting for their playoff chances. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. I get it. The playoffs are meant to create excitement. And it is indeed exciting. But where do we draw the line between excitement and common fucking sense? Last year, Kyle Larson was indeed the best driver. Ten, what, ten wins last year in 2021? If Kyle Larson had gone into Phoenix and blown an engine, he would have lost the championship under this format. Under this format, you could theoretically win 35 races, go into Phoenix, crash out on lap 50, lose the championship. Where is the common sense in that? Where is the common sense where you could theoretically have won 35 races, literally been the best driver all year, have one bad race in the last race of the year, and lose the championship? Makes no sense to me. It's it, it seems backwards to me. And this is the problem I have with this playoff system. This win and you're in creates excitement, but it's way too heavily focused on. I don't believe winning and you're in, it, it shouldn't be that way. There should still be some semblance of consistency that gets rewarded. Yes, we have the regular season champion and whatnot. That That's fine and dandy. But if you're Denny Hamlin, you're 20th in points, but you've got a couple wins. Why does that supersede you to pass the guy who's second in overall points with no wins? It just doesn't make sense to me. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, that's what we're all here for podcast is being able to share opinions the win and you're in should be gone if you win get yourself some playoff points okay yep that's nice that's that's cool fine and dandy but it should not automatically lock you in should not i still think that you need to be number one 16 drivers and the playoffs is oversaturated as it is. Just my opinion. Cut it down to like 10. My perfect number would be 10. Maybe 12. But 10 would be my perfect number. 
But that's issue number one. But anyway, I detract. It should still be the 16 best consistent drivers after 26 races that fight for a championship. To me, it may not be exciting, and we may not have that Game 7 moment. But it's common sense. Makes sense to me. At least there is a line drawn for what you see on the track and what you see on the point standings chart. That's just my opinion. Some of you may feel different. Playoffs are exciting. They are. Playoffs are very exciting. And they work in other sports. It doesn't work in auto racing. In other sports, you do not play every other single team every single week. In football, baseball, any game, when you play a game, you're playing against one other team. And then the next game you play is against another team. Or in baseball, you have double headers, triple headers, whatever. But you get my idea. In auto racing, you race the same people every single week. So you need to draw a line with consistency. Consistency, while it may not be exciting, consistency makes sense. It makes sense. You need to have, you need to make sense of all of this. Because where do we draw the line for entertainment versus, where do we draw the line? It's kind of like saying, oh, well, uh, it's kind of like when the chase system got introduced at first and it was like, you know, when they first introduced the chase system and then somebody said, oh, well, Matt Kenseth would have finished sixth in points if the chase was involved. And my first reaction to this as a 13-year-old kid was, well, what do you have to do to win the championship? Fucking lose? Do you have to lose to win? <laughs> That's how... that. Kenseth was the best driver all year in 2003. How the hell do you go from winning the championship to finishing sixth in the new format? That's the disconnect that I have, and a lot of, maybe a lot of you have, is that, like, I just, consistency should matter more, in my opinion. It should not be the automatic winning you're in. It should still be the 16 most consistent guys after 26 races. After that time, Cut them off from the rest of the people. You're still going to have all 40 cars on track, but you cut them off after 26 races and you let the top 16, the genuine top 16 in points, go after the go after the championship. But if it was my opinion, I'd cut it down to 10. It was. I'd cut it down to 10. 16 is too oversaturated. It's too oversaturated, in my opinion. You want the elite of the elite, the top 10. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. And some of you guys may agree or disagree, but that's what we're all here for, the R&D podcast. That's why we're here, the real NASCAR discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you for this week. And I vented, and hopefully you guys agree or disagree. Thank you all so much for tuning in for another episode of the R&D Podcast with Dale. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Congratulations to Kevin Harvick on the win and getting his ticket punched into the playoffs. As far as we know, there could be another winner. There could be more than 16 winners, and we might be, we might be having this. We might be rooting for chaos here. But 
congratulations to Kevin Harvick and all the Kevin Harvick fans who waited so patiently for his win to come through. He wins today at Michigan for the Firekeepers Casino 400. And thank you all so much for tuning in and letting me vent and rant to you guys. This is Dale from the R&D Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Roddy.